0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and today it is Bravo Friday. We are going to be going over all the headlines. We're going to be recapping Beverly Hills. I have a lot to say. I have almost two pages worth of notes just on Beverly Hills alone. So this could be interesting. Um, I do just want to talk about something that I experienced the other day, and then we can get into the episode because I totally did not talk about this when Dave was on the podcast on Tuesday. So it's about my first Yelp review, I am not one to take to Yelp and ever really like leave a review, um, good or bad. I just don't. It's just not my thing. I, I have friends that are like, very big into leaving Yelp reviews, but I was I had no choice because on Sunday morning I took my boyfriend to like his favorite, or one of like our favorite little. Uh, it's like a diner. It's called Carl's. Um. For breakfast. And so we get there at like 1130. I have a reservation. And my boyfriend is like a very large person. Like he's like 6'4". He's got big shoulders. Like he's like a big guy. And in this diner they have. It's like very cute. They have like obviously like regular tables. But they also have like these little tiny baby chairs. um, That are very low to the ground. And they look. They're so small. Like. And I could see the table's like getting cleared off and the woman's like the house is just like okay like your table's getting cleared off right now like and I go uh, we can't do that I'm like look at him like that he physically cannot sit there <laughs> like it, it's not even a matter of I don't want to it's just like we can't I would love to sit there with the girls with the girlies but <laughs> so I was like if it's okay like we'll just sit at the bar because I love sitting at the bar so I was like this actually works out great And so it's like 1130 we get there. I can tell the bartender is just not on her game. I can tell that something is just off with her. But we order like I order a mimosa. He orders a Bloody Mary. It doesn't come for quite some time, but, you know, she's busy. She's got a lot going on. She's it's fine. We're just there to relax. Then she brings us the drinks. We order our food. I order. A breakfast ham and cheese sandwich. Probably one of the easiest things on the menu. Um, It's quite literally a grilled cheese with ham on it. Anyway, so we order it. We're waiting. We're waiting. You know, it's not that busy because it's like very it's like in between like the rush of breakfast and the rush of lunch slash brunch. So it was like not that busy. And I see like a lot of people are getting their food like a lot of people are eating and I'm like it's kind of weird but I'm like whatever we're enjoying our time we're enjoying our breakfast. Then a food runner walks by and she's like you guys haven't gotten your food yet and we were like no and she's like well what did you order? So he says you know we ordered a skillet and it's like ham sandwich and she's like okay hang on so then she like goes and she's like running around I don't know where this woman is going where she's taking off to and then she comes back she's like wait what? And I was like, yeah. So then that just tells me the bartender forgot to put our order in, which is fine. Just say that. It's fine. I really don't care because shit happens. Like I've worked in a restaurant. It's like sometimes you're just like, holy fuck, like I totally forgot. But then you apologize and you make it right. And that is what it is. So time is ticking by. We have finished our mimosas, Bloody Marys, have not been asked if we want. Anything else? Um, Again, we're sitting at the bar. So like she clearly can see what's going on. But I think she's a little overwhelmed. I I don't think bartending is her calling. Um, She's not a a Tom Sandoval. You know, she's very much giving Tom Schwartz panicking and running out of pump. That is the vibe she was giving. Because I kept I'm a big people watcher and I kept kind of looking around And, like, waitresses would come up to the bartender, like, at the bar to get drinks for their table. And I could hear the bartender go, oh, my God, I forgot. Hang on. It's like, babe. And then the manager came back behind the bar, started helping, like, started, like, making drinks fast. Like, she just, like, wasn't hustling, you know? So time is going by. We're sitting there for about 45, 50 minutes at this point. My boyfriend gets his food. (laughs) My food is M.I.A. Nowhere to be found. My ham and cheese sandwiches is uh, not in front of me. And he's like sitting there. He's kind of like looking at me like, can I start eating? Like we've been sitting here for almost an hour. Like, please, I'm starving. And I was like, yeah, like obviously go ahead. Because I thought, oh, mine will be right up. Like just start, just start going in on your skillet, please. For the love of God, it is your birthday. Never comes. Just never comes. My The bartender did acknowledge that I didn't get my food and yet just kept apologizing and, like, nothing was – it was the strangest experience of my life, like, because people kept acknowledging that I wasn't eating, but, like, no one was getting the food to me. No one was, like, let me check on it. It was fucking absurd. I've never experienced something like that in my life because it's one thing for, like, people – to just, like, not give you your food, but then not even acknowledge it. And then, like, that wasn't the case. This was very much like, oh, my God, you haven't gotten it. I'm so sorry. And then that was it. And I was like, are we going to get it? Like, am I getting – and at this point, like, I try to be as patient as possible. I really hate confrontation. But at this point, like, I know that if I got my fucking ham and cheese breakfast sandwich – an hour and 10 minutes after I fucking ordered it I don't even want it anymore like now I'm like annoyed I'm not because this happens I feel like this is like a common thing like we're at this point like I don't even want this anymore like this is not not cool so finally my boyfriend just like looks at her and he's like we'll take the check like this is crazy and she's like oh my god no I'm so sorry And I'm like, but we're not paying for this. Like, I didn't even get my food. Like, this is bananas. She goes, talks to the manager, comes back, and is just like, okay, yeah, everything is comped. I'm so sorry. The manager never came over and said anything to us. Like, it wasn't that busy, like, where for someone just to just never get their food. It was so fucking weird. And him and I have been laughing about it for the last, like, four days, five days, because it's like what was that? Like, I have never in my life experienced something like that where you're just like, oh, you're just not getting it. Sorry. Like, what? What do you mean? It's one thing to just be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry and have it rushed out. It was like it just shrug, like just never happening. So I did take to Yelp and I did say I was a little disappointed. And my friends who are big into Yelp were like, Sam can I read your review and I said no because it's not even like harsh it's just like it really (laughs) sucks. like because I just I don't want to be negative like that but at the same time like I just think like if you're paying for a service at a restaurant for example like you should get I mean you should get your food at the bare minimum call me crazy (laughs) it was it was just a really wild really wild experience um so sorry about that I really had to share it because I think it's funny um just because it was so crazy but um yeah I don't know if we'll be going back which is like a really big bummer um just because I from top to bottom the the place is a mess I whoo they 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 need help they need um what was that bar rescue or something that show um
1: When it comes to radio, Amp hits different. Amp is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. From hip-hop to house music to heavy metal, discover new-to-you tracks and playlists made by music lovers who know what's good. And that includes you. Jump in the chat or call in to share your taste and add your own picks to the mix. Download Amp, that's A-M-P, for free in the App Store or go to onamp.com. Want a smoother contour and more youthful-looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger-looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermofillers, fillers, based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Also, a
0: little update on what I've been reading and watching. So lately, this summer, I've really been getting into reading I don't know who I am. I've always wanted to be like a reader girl. I've always wanted to be someone that like read a lot of books. And like, you know, I'm always, I've always read like a celebrity memoir. Like I've read all of Andy Cohen's books, Mindy Kaling's books. I read uh, Carol Radzwell's Met, like uh, What Remains. Like I've read those, but I'm like, I really want to venture out and start reading more. So I started reading or I finished reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo because I'm a basic bitch like that. But honestly, I'm reading so don't hate me and then I finished Malibu Rising and it was so good which was like by the same author Taylor Jenkins Reid and then now I started reading that Verity book by Colleen Hoover because that's what all the girlies are reading right now and I'm loving it I'm like very into me being a reader I told my mom about this and she looked shocked honestly she was like what she goes you have never picked up a book in your life I'm like I know but this is who I am now I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I make time out of my day to do it. Like i just and I like talking to people about them. It's just really doing it for me. It's really making me feel fulfilled in a way that I didn't know reading could. So let me know what you guys are reading. If you guys have any book recommendations. I am on Goodreads, which is that app that like you can discover like new books, put it on your what to read list, like that kind of thing. But also what I'm watching and I'm about months behind per usual Um, is The Summer I Turned Pretty. It's on Amazon Prime. It's really cute. The acting is, um, you know, it's not, you're not getting HBO Max. You're getting Amazon Prime. And that's just the truth. But it's really cute. It's like a very good, like, coming of age tale. Um, And it's really kind of crazy because it makes you think about your own experience growing up. And there was that time, like that one year, where, like, suddenly you were like, becoming a little woman and like everyone started looking at you different treating you different your interactions with your parents and sons get weird but not in like a bad way it's just like they're like oh you're not like the little kid anymore it's like no so that was it's been really weird to kind of like watch this and then think back on my own life um because I also was like very underdeveloped as a kid like I had no boobs oh god in middle school, the boys used to write boobless and leave it on my desk. So that's called character building. And yeah, I was just abnormally, abnormally small as a kid. Like I had to wear these like belts to the tightest notch with every pair of pants that I wore. Like, And guys, belts weren't cute. They were not cute. And then remember those days of like where you'd wear like a cami, like under your shirt, but all it was hiding was just like huge nipples because like you didn't have boobs yet. Like that was me till about senior year of high school. I just was very small, a very petite girl. And now I'm, you know, I've blossomed, aka COVID weight. Um, And it is what it is. So I, I've talked about my body journey on this podcast before. I will probably continue to talk about it because that is exactly what it is. It is a journey. Um, Just discovered on my slipper that Ruby had uh, has chewed almost a hole in it. So that's great. Um, If anyone has any tips and tricks to get your dog to leave your shit the fuck alone. Please let me know because I'm at my wits end. Um, Anyway. okay, so let's get into the headlines. There really isn't too much happening because it is the month of August. So a lot of celebs. Um, are vacationing so they're not really doing much uh, but I will say that Matt Altman a million dollar listing LA his wife was arrested this week on felony domestic assault charges and she was left out on bond um, a fifty thousand dollar bond and her husband Matt did speak out and say that she had recently lost her father it's taken a really hard toll on the family and they're closer and more connected than ever and so in love but the article that i read it really didn't give much information on like who the charge like who filed the charges so that i'm confused about um but i guess we'll see i i don't know i i i feel like i'm am i missing something i don't know but then i was reading on page six today that Heather DeBro was saying that she's not going to let Terry retire. She said on her podcast that I won't let Terry retire. He's a surgeon. He's going to die with a scalpel. He cannot be home. That is not going to be a thing. Now. I just I've been rewatching Orange County and I've been looking at Heather with like a little bit of a different lens like through a different lens um I think she's everything that Jeff uh Jeff Lewis has ever said about her honestly I think she's cold um and just not a very nice person and her husband Terry is like busting his ass to live in that ugly house I I hate that house I was watching the season well I was watching like 9 10 11 now I'm on 12, which is a really wild ride. I had a completely blacked out that entire season. It's when Peggy and her husband Dico are on, and like Lydia, the church girl fairy, comes back. It's crazy, but that's also Heather, uh, had was fired the season before. And They talked about it in the beginning of the season where they're like, yeah, like no one has seen Heather's house. And then at the reunion, Heather also said that she was like, yeah, like no one has come over. And I'm just like, that is so weird. And then we finally got to see the house and it's just so tacky. I think houses that large. I just don't get it. And I'm sure if I had that much money, maybe I would feel different. But I truly don't think I would. I I have a hard time with like living in excess, like I am the opposite of a hoarder. I get rid of everything. If it is not, if I have not thought about it, used it, done anything with it in six months, like, it's gone. It's out of here. I can't handle it. Clutter is not my thing. Uh, And I'm trying to, because with, like, my apartment, for example, it's not very, like, how I would want it, because it's, I just, I hate the idea of, like, having sit around shit, like... I know you can probably like see right here. There's like a plant and then the dog paw, of, like my dad's dead dog, like sitting behind me. But that's like all I got. I got like plants and like a candle um, because I just I hate it. I, I feel so guilty buying stuff like that, like buying things in excess and like having so many of things like I know people that have like 82 pairs of underwear and I'm like, can you get a fucking grip, please? Or people that have like 60 pairs of shoes. For what? Also, if anybody has any tricks of like how to like not keep your shoes from getting so dusty. Does anyone else have this problem? My shoes that I like, like my winter shoes, for example, they'll like sit in my closet and they just collect dust. And then they look like kind of raggedy. Um, should I be covering them with like a blanket of some kind? I don't know. But that's just how I feel. So I think Heather's house is like tacky and gross. Um, I don't think anyone needs a rape, a wrapping paper room. I don't think you need any of that stuff, especially like your kids are moving on. They're growing and like they don't need all that. It's just really crazy. I also cringe whenever a housewife says they have a glam room. Grow up. It's a fucking bathroom. Okay, stop. It's just like it's not it's not it's not for me. And then before we get into the recap of Beverly Hills, This morning, I did some digging. I did some light digging into Homeless Not Toothless, the charity. And wow, 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 wow. I stumbled upon some gems. So first of all, it was founded in 1991, which explains the name because homeless is not a thing we say in 2022. Also, it's just an absurd name for a charity, as we've all discussed. Um, But I also discovered that William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman are ambassadors to this charity. Now, I know you might think, "Oh my God, the woman from Desperate Housewives." No, we're, I'm talking the. This is the woman that was in jail for um the college scandal, the college, uh, acceptance scandal or whatever. So, that I'm just saying, I didn't she I didn't see uh Sharon on there, Sharon uh Osborne, correct? If I'm correct, yeah, I did not see her on there. the The woman that. Brought Dorit into this wonderful charity, Um, and then, then in the little about section, there is a video, and I put it on my Instagram of a woman singing the quote unquote the anthem for homeless, not toothless. And I just want to say, I'm disgusted and distraught over the fact that I got at least 10 or 15 DMs saying that they thought that that was me singing it. They thought, "Oh my god, she's a woman of so many talents." And uh thank you, but no, that's not me. Um so yeah, I did post it on my Instagram. Please go check that out. It's quite something. Um the the lyrics are literally like Sigh. we are the human race. You know, everyone deserves a safe place like that. That's truly the words. It's 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 uh, hooked on phonics for this charity. It's really crazy. Anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get into Real Houses of Beverly Hills because this episode actually I loved. Um, I think we're you know, I say this every week. We are barreling towards Aspen Trip and I think we're it's setting up perfectly. Um we pick up. We're right at the beginning, uh, or right at the end. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> the dinner that's never ending. It's the homeless, not toothless, uh, charity dinner covered with gold lacquer, uh, lacquer, uh, tablecloths. Crazy. <sighs> Jareth just like, <sighs> she's so close. You know, like, I get the theme, but then it like misses the mark, and you're like, okay, that's, it's not what we're doing. Uh, the poor charity reps, Britt and Sid, were told to leave that. I was like shook. Garcelle did it in the nicest way possible. She was like, you guys do not have to be here for this. Like these women are fucking crazy. But also like it's their charity. And it was just very it was like a very bizarre scene. I won't even talk about PK getting into crypto because it's so on the nose and it's so fitting for who he is as like a human being. But um, that scene was just like very odd. Like I just think like him and Mauricio are like trying to do these like bits with each other and that while I do think that they do have like this real friendship I just think it's weird like Mauricio kept like really helicoptering around the women at the table it was like go sit outside go talk to hip-hop rob please like leave these women alone Ah, I'm taking a sip of my crisp coke because that's one thing like I'm never gonna give up a coke ever I just can't it's just not it's not who I am okay I really want to say that I'm proud of Crystal for addressing the women I don't think it's easy with this group to like sit them down and be like you hurt me x because of you know xyz um and I'm just getting really sick and tired of the women questioning her and her journey with this eating disorder and how she's getting help. Where is she getting help? Who is helping her? Because this is something that she's been struggling with since she was 13 years old. It is part of who she is, um, whether they like it or not. And it's not something uh, like to Erica's point, put this to bed and be done with it. That's just not how things like this work, um, especially when you've had it for more than half your life. It's part of who you are, unfortunately, and it's something that you think about all the time. It takes over your, you know, your mind and your body. And um, like Jackie said last season on New Jersey, she was like, I'm exhausted because it's so it's so taxing on like your emotional and mental health that and obviously your physical health, too. But like to think about it all the time is really, really hard. And so I've really been thinking about this a lot, especially with this group. And these women, I feel, are so incapable of being empathetic to things and people that they just like don't understand. Because, like, look how they're treating Crystal. Look how they treated Kim, especially Rina, of course. Um, and then Yolanda. They just want everyone to just like be okay. And it's like life doesn't work like that. But then when it comes to their problems, it's like everybody's got to really be careful and tiptoe and make sure that everything is okay. It's like what you're dealing with is very different than like a a eating disorder. So I I think they just have a really hard time and kind of shut the door on people who struggle with things that they just can't understand. And Crystal kind of touched on that in the very beginning of the season where she's talking to Kyle and she was like, you don't understand so like this conversation is over because you're not even gonna try and for them to sit there and question like well do you really think that this person's helping you if you've been seeing them for this long and it's like that's her own fucking journey and you need to mind your fucking manners (laughs) like seriously it's so gross to watch and crystal handles it so well i felt so sad for her when her and hip-hop rob were in the kitchen together And he's so sweet about it. He's so understanding or at least tries to be understanding and supportive. And he knows that this is not like a linear journey. And, you know, she struggles and I get oddly, I understand her for putting it out on social media because I think writing it down and expressing your feelings in that way can be so much easier than sitting all of your friends down and like having this conversation. If you put it out on social media, on Instagram and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm struggling with. Your friends can see it. They can approach you if they want. And that's that. I don't think Crystal, you know, ever will come to them again, honestly, and express how she feels because they clearly don't get it and they're not going to try. Um, what really kind of surprised me was how surprised Rinna was when Sutton brought up the fact that she hired a litigator to respond to the lawyer that is looking into Erica. So obviously, if you guys watched, you know, someone who's filed one of the I don't know even know how many lawsuits against Erica had reached out to Sutton being like, well, what do you know? Because at the reunion, for example, they did show a flashback. What, what do you know that like, you know, can, can you tell us so we can like use this in the fight against the Girardis and for Rena to be like, oh, you did. It's like, yes. Like, are you stupid? She's not a, Sutton is not a dumb girl. She knows. And she's not going to like respond to the lawyer like by herself. She's obviously going to hire someone because she doesn't want to deal with this. I don't know. It was weird. And what I really appreciate is that Sutton brings up things that are actually happening with Erica, you know, things that are actually going on. Like Erica is being sued and is being investigated by a ton of people. I mean, for lawsuits, guys, I truly can't even wrap my head around what they all are because I feel like there's a new one every day. Like isn't Nicolas Cage's like girlfriend suing her or something like the earrings, the the original lawsuit. I mean, it's it's never ending. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I I, whoo. I don't know how I would ever deal with something like that. But then again, I I wouldn't uh, take from widows or orphans. Um, anyway, so Sutton is like bringing these things up, and they're all so like baffled. It's like, yeah, this is the show. They're going to talk about things that are actually happening in their lives. What are you guys not understanding about this? It's because no one has ever challenged them before. No one has ever really gone up against, you know, Dorit or not Dorit. Dorit's like pretty lame. Um, Rinna and Erica, because they think like when they yell and they get mad, like that everyone's just going to back down. And it's like, that's not the fucking case because Sutton's not wrong. Um, and it's it's so funny when they they tell Garcelle, like, Oh, you're going to have her back. And she's like, one, yes, but also Garcelle's just being honest. Sutton wasn't the only one that brought up questions about Erica's lawsuits. She wasn't the only one, you know, that had feelings about it and that vocalized that. And for Dorit to say that, it's just like, okay, well, that's also just not true. So I don't even, and even Kyle, I don't think, I think Kyle understood what Garcelle was saying too, because it's like, that's not the truth at all. Um, and I just have to say, this whole alliance, I'm just getting really bored of um because there's no change in it. Everyone um is just kind of like really digging their heels in. And it's like Dorit, like you can obviously see that they're wrong, right? Like I, I just think it's boring and it's frustrating to watch. And I'm just like, <sighs> I feel like we've been having the same fight. For 13 episodes at this point. And it's like can we move on? And I say this all the time. It's like that's what I love about New York for example. Or Atlanta. Or sometimes Atlanta. But Potomac too. It's like they're able to move on. um, In a way that Beverly Hills just never has been able to. They like stick to the same story the entire fucking time. And then when Diana tries to chime in. And deflect from you know take the heat off of Erica. And Rinna um and shifts it all to garcelle i was like i i laughed because i couldn't believe it i could not believe that this woman was being so transparent in her like alliance or allegiance because Garcelle's like why are you talking to me about this right now what is happening um yeah it was super <laughs> super weird um It made me laugh because it was just so cringe and just so obvious what was happening. And Rina, 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 Lisa Rina thinks this is Dynasty. She thinks that, I I don't know, she thinks this is like some soap opera, like uh, Sutton said a few episodes ago. Because she speaks in fucking riddles. Nothing she says ever makes sense. She's like, if we just lead with love then you just won't be defensive. We all have fear. We all have fear. What are you fucking talking about? What are you talking about? We all have fear. Okay. And like, what does that have to do with anything? It's just, it's so frustrating because it's like, I don't, I think in her mind, she thinks she's really doing something. Like she's like, oh, I'm going to say something really good. Like we all have fear don't lead with defensiveness lead with love like oh like you just left like had love for sutton when you were screaming at her from across the fucking table oh my god we have to talk about kyle's new confessional look that shirley temple dumb and dumber orange suit with the hair was such a sight for my eyes like when it came up on the screen I was like I literally had a jolt my friend texted me and she go, at the moment it came up and she goes Kyle's confessional I go no I know it's I don't know what's going on there um Kyle always she always misses with her looks like she can never she can never get it right and I think she's pretty aware of this um because I feel like I've seen a clip of her being like I don't have a stylist and it's obvious and it's like yeah babe Sure is. Sure is. Um, And I kind of already talked about the moment between Hip Hop Rob and Crystal in the kitchen. And it was really sweet. And I love that. I love that moment with them. It was very vulnerable. And we don't really get to see that side of Crystal very often. But then Miss Kathy Hilton just walks, waltzes right in, bounces in. And she's like, what is happening? Because I'm sure like if you ever like walked in on someone who just got done crying, like there's still like the tension like lingering in the air and Kathy, Kathy was like, what is this? Why are we crying? And honestly, for Kathy to have wise, wise words about eating disorders and how to handle this group of women so gently and supportive and protective of Crystal in a way. I was shocked, to be completely honest, because Kathy Hilton doesn't strike me as someone that, I don't know, would really feel that way or say things like that. So it was really surprising to me, but I really enjoyed that. And talking about her feeling pressure, you know, not having to answer the question, she's like, you don't have to answer to these people. You actually owe them nothing. You can say your piece. You can say where you're coming from. And that's that. You don't have to sit there. You don't have to tell them. You know, what doctors you're seeing, this, that and the other. Just let it let it lie. And then one of my favorite moments of the episode is when <laughs> is when Hip Hop Rob and Crystal are like scrambling in the kitchen trying to <laughs> find Kathy some crackers. And then all of a sudden Kathy's like, can I have some cheese? And then it turns into kind of have a Diet Coke like it turned in. Did she just want a little snack? And then it turned into a sh- full charcuterie Diet Coke like it was just classic Kath and i just love her and i gotta say the more that kyle i think gets older the more the big kathy jumps out we saw a twinge of big kathy and kyle on this episode because that lunch with sutton where she was talking about like how to be like a damsel in distress it was giving luann talking to bethany in season two or three like you know, you got to make them feel like they can take care of you. Do you think dressing and wearing, you know, $100,000 worth of, you know, jewelry and bags and clothes is going to, like, get the right guy? And that felt such, like, a big Kathy thing to say. I was really shocked, actually. I really was. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just really took me by surprise that, like, someone in 2022 was, like, saying something like that. Um, and Sutton was even a little taken aback. I think she was like, "What? <laughs> like, okay." Um, and of course, any chance Kyle, Kyle gets to reference, uh, you know, the time she was a child star, she'll fucking take it and run with it. Um, and yeah, I just don't. I don't have much to say about that scene with Kyle and her family. It is really the only time I find myself liking Kyle is when she's with her family. Um, but. I don't know. Kyle's Kyle's being a mess this year, in my opinion. She is. She's stirring the pot, but leaving the mess behind like we can clearly see where this is all coming from. She's really, really trying her best to produce. And it's it's just not a good look on her. It's just not. And I used to Kyle used to be one of my favorite housewives. And just within the last few years, I really think since LVP left, I just we've lost her we've lost her to the dark side of reality television and that's just the truth um I just have a you know quick little thing I want to say is that I would die for her that little tiny girl talking about confidence you know getting her mom some confidence to roll on those roller skates and that neon green sweater and like snakeskin skirt I loved it I was like you go girl hell yeah don't let PK stand in your way but then we get to the Rina Beauty party. And I've I texted multiple people this morning actually. And I was like, who's buying Rina Beauty? I'm sure people obviously are buying it. I've never once in my life seen a single person ever bring out a Rina Beauty lip gloss out of their purse. Never has happened. I don't see it on TikTok. I don't see it on Twitter. I don't see it anywhere. But then again, Greg Bennett did remind me. He was like, You know, majority of the viewers actually aren't on social media. So that could also be why. And I was like, okay, T, thank you for bringing me back down to earth and the reality of things. Um, But this this party feels very empty. It feels like have you ever walked into an empty bowling alley? And like it's very cold and drafty. You can like hear the sounds of like the clanking and the and the balls being like cleaned through those machines. And it's just like eerie. That's how this party felt. It, very, it felt very party city with that tinsel to walk in. It was like this party was down bad. In my opinion, it was it was really dark. I felt very uncomfortable. They had that weird dancer. They had the photo booth. I don't know. I'm just like, what am I watching? What is this? There's literally no one else there except these women and that dancer. Um, It was weird. And. So what I'm really noticing this episode that I can't wait to get into the Aspen trip is that I think this is setting everything up for the attempted takedown of Kathy Hilton because I think this was the episode that Runa and Erica decided Kathy is the target. Kathy is getting close to Garcelle. Kathy is getting closer to Sutton, not as close as she is with Garcelle, but there's like moments at the um, homeless, not toothless black and gold party where like Kathy and Garcelle were like kicking like they were laughing. Kathy was like this Rina, you're like really embarrassing. Like you could just tell that that was the vibe. And then also there's like that weird tense moment between her and Kyle at this at the Rinna beauty party. You know, where Kathy is like, are we going out after? And Kyle is just like, what is wrong with you? Like, we're talking right now. And she's clearly really comfortable with Garcelle. She likes Garcelle. Um, And I just think this was the time that Erica and Rena were like, we're going to get on Kathy Hilton's ass. And I don't know what's to come. Who knows? I mean, we've all heard rumors, but we never know how it's going to play out on the show. And there was a moment when... (sighs) in one of the greatest scenes in a long time on Beverly Hills, just a funny, funny, funny scene when they were talking about homeless, not toothless, toothless and homeless, toothless, not homeless. Like it was a shit show. And you hear Erica say very in the background, like it's actually not funny, Kathy. And it was like such a small moment. And I really think like this was the turning point. This was when they were like, "Okay, clearly it's not working. Us coming for Sutton and Garcelle, we're shifting our sights to Kathy. Um, So I don't know. I I don't I think that that's what's going to happen. My spidey senses are tingling. (sighs) But I have to ask Erica, why is it a big deal? And Dorit, actually, because Dorit was upset about this as well. And that confused me. Why was it such a fucking problem that Sutton said you have a lot of lawsuits? How is that below the belt? How is that mean? How is that hurtful? It's truly just the actual truth of what's happening. Uh, When they were up in arms about this, I genuinely didn't understand it. Because it's just like facts. Like, yeah, you do have a lot of lawsuits. I don't. I don't fully get why that's a problem. It's like they're your lawsuits, actually. And Rinna just can't fucking help herself. Um, and one thing that's really sticking out to me, and I've I've had a hard time trying to like articulate it in a way, but I'm going to try is I feel like Rinna is using her mother's death as a weapon to wield whenever she chooses because at the at the dinner or lunch or whatever with Erica, she's like, I'm in a great mood today. I'm having a great time. And then whenever it comes down and there's a little bit of heat on her, she pulls back and says, I'm really struggling right now. I have every right to get cut some slack. It's like, well, actually, you don't. Um, I'm sorry. Like, I understand it's sad, but you don't get to choose Pick and choose when, you know, people can talk to you about certain things. That's not how this fucking works. You've been on the show for this long. You should know that. It's so frustrating. And I think. I just think this is Rinna. Really, really losing her grip on this group. And I think she can feel it. I really want to know what's going on like in the group chat because they are very tuned in to what people on social media are saying about them. They are very, very aware. Trust me. So I'm just curious how they feel. Um, and I'm curious how they act at the reunion because I just, oh God, I mean, we're, we haven't even gone to Aspen yet. So we'll see. But oh, I don't. Then Erica Sutton's like having a hard time getting some words out. And Erica goes, and I have a drinking problem. It's like, well, actually you do because you and Renna both discussed it. So I don't. This is the one. This is like one of the topics of conversation this season that I can't fucking stand is they're all on a show together. Garcelle and Sutton are part of the show, whether these women like it or not. And the fact that they're so upset that Garcelle would ask about Erica's drinking problem um they're on a show together Of fucking course she's going to bring it up to people that's how this show works people and then she's mad Garcelle did that but Renna came to her Rina came to her and they had a whole conversation about it and Erica said yeah I should probably cut back Erica is the one that's saying that so that's just reinforcing Garcelle being like okay like then there was a point to what I was saying but they really just they really can't stand that Garcel and Sutton are fan favorites. These women cannot stand it. And they're losing their minds over it. Like, you can just tell, like, anything Garcel says, it's like a, it, there's a problem. Anything Sutton says, there's a problem. It's like th- these women cannot win. And when Erica said, You know, these women are my real friends, when Garcel looked at her and goes, yeah, you guys say that almost every other day. I'm aware I was like fucking clear them. Garcelle was clearing these bitches left and right all episodes. She was not having anyone's shit. And I was loving it because this is like this is like a different side of Garcelle that we don't usually see. Normally, she's like pretty chill, pretty cool, whatever. But you're not going to talk to her crazy and think that you can get away with it because it just doesn't make any sense when Garcelle's like, yeah, uh, whether you have a problem or not doesn't affect my life in any way, actually. I'm just talking about it. Read between the fucking lines, Erica. We're on a show together. Of course, I'm going to bring it up. <sighs> and when she said that, Erica, if you want to blow up your life, go ahead. I got I got the chills because it's true. It's like the thing with Garcelle and Sutton is they handle these women in such a perfect way and in a way that they're not used to is they don't give them the reaction that they want and then they spiral out of control and they lose their minds like a little twisty top and then they like dig their own grave you know and I just I'm really enjoying um, watching that and finally I mean we're ending the episode we get the Aspen trip next week I can't fucking wait Um, that Ouija board I don't like dark spirits like that I know that I did buy a love a love spell off of Etsy but to me that feels like light light stuff not dark as Carlton would say she doesn't practice in the dark anymore she practices only in the light and I mean to end it on that I mean what a great episode I actually enjoyed this episode of Beverly Hills I don't think we need 27 episodes if not every single one of them is going to be jam-packed full of good shit like this but It is what it is. Bravo is going to do what Bravo is going to do. Also, I'm very intrigued by this Girlfriends in Paris show. I bet it's garbage, but I will be watching and I will be recapping because I love a brand new show on Bravo. Um, I think we need some new blood. I think that there needs to be a renaissance of some kind um, because I'm sick of the Southern Charm guys. Um, Summer House, I'm a little worried about. I feel like they're getting a little too big for their britches um I just can sense like I feel like these girls got like glam every weekend like I just don't think it's like it's just it is what it is every show has its peak and then it has its valley and then it's gone um (laughs) so I don't know I'm excited because then there's also going to be the new show coming out I think end of the year beginning of next year it's Leva's um republic rain show which is like a vanderpump rules spinoff and i'm really really excited for that because i follow all of them on instagram they're very hot so i highly recommend following um and yeah i will leave you guys all at that i hope everybody has a beautiful weekend please rate review and subscribe if you ever listen to podcasts and follow me at bravo historian and at takers Visual often on twitter i will talk to you guys soon bye Ahura Media Production.